kind of funny. I was uh, writing this message this week. We're we're going to be going over Lazarus, uh, and I've been sick this week. And uh, whenever I get sick, uh, when I whenever I get a cold or anything like that, uh, my wife calls it man flu. Uh, so because basically she gets the same cold before I do usually, and she still has to take care of the kids and do all the house stuff. I get a cold, and I'm you know, sitting in the recliner being a big old baby about it. And so, uh, but I was, I was going over my message this week and I, you know, I'm, here I am sick, feeling like I'm dying, thinking I'm dying and, and Lazarus was actually dying. So, uh, uh, so it was kind of interesting. I'm like, well, I need to suck it up a little bit then. So uh, here we go. Uh, but this week we are going over uh, the resurrection of Lazarus. Uh, and this is really um, an amazing miracle that Jesus does. And if you notice with each one of these miracles, uh, it's getting ramped up. And Jesus is showing more and more power uh, here. And so Jesus actually shows with this miracle his power over life and death. Uh, it's, it's a really amazing uh, thing because up until this point, uh, the miracles that he was doing and stuff weren't uh, that much more miraculous than what other prophets had done. And so Jesus was like, okay, showing the people before this that, well, he was an amazing guy sent from God. Well, with this one, uh, he shows himself to be God, basically. Uh, and so this is uh, the second to last of the miracles in uh, the book of John. Uh, and it is one of the most powerful miracles. And so with that, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, uh, thank you for uh, this day. Thank you for this church, Lord. And um, I pray that uh, if there's any here that don't know you as their Lord and Savior, uh, that I pray that they would hear this message uh, this morning and know that through Jesus there is life. Uh, and I pray that they would just understand that and they would turn to Jesus as their Lord and Savior and see his power this morning uh, and just turn to him. Uh, I pray, Lord, that as we move through this passage this morning, that you would keep all of our hearts and our minds open to what you have to teach us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So before we can get to the resurrection of Lazarus, we have to talk about the death of Lazarus, right? That would make sense. And so let's get into the death of Lazarus this morning. And so uh, the first thing to notice in this passage uh, really is Jesus points out uh, to his disciples that the sickness that Lazarus has is not unto death. The sickness is not unto death. Now, you might be looking at me like, preacher, why are you saying that if, if uh, Lazarus uh, was you know, going to die. Well, the end result of this sickness was not going to be Lazarus's death. And this is what Jesus is trying to make his disciples understand here this morning. And so let's go ahead and turn to John chapter 11. And we're going to start off by reading verses one through three. It says, now a certain man was sick, uh, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary uh, and her sister Martha. And it was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, the sisters sent him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love 
is sick. And so the first thing that we know, this, this is, these first three verses set up this entire passage. Uh, this gives us basically the whole plot of what's going to happen. Uh, Jesus is approached about Lazarus's sickness. And so that's, uh, that sets up this entire situation for what Jesus was about to do. Uh, and then in verse 4, uh, this is Jesus' response uh, to hearing about Lazarus' sickness. It says, When Jesus heard that, he said, The sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And so here we see uh, Jesus make that statement, The sickness is not unto death. Uh, that the end result of this is what Jesus meant. The end result of Lazarus's sickness was not going to be his death. Now, the disciples, when they heard this, they were thinking Jesus was going to go and heal his sickness and Lazarus wasn't going to die. And so any rational person at that time would have thought that that was the case. But Jesus also says that the purpose here is for the purpose of glorifying God that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And so uh, Jesus was saying the whole purpose of this is that, he, that his glory might be shown uh, through what he was going to do with Lazarus. Then notice this next couple of verses. We see that Jesus loved but remained. Jesus loved but remained. It says in John 11, verse 5, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So there's no doubt there. Jesus loved them. But then in verse 6, it says, So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. So Jesus remained there and so you think that if he, someone that you heard that he heard was sick that he loved that jesus would have dropped everything and immediately gone to heal him but the lord's timing is not our timing you see jesus had a greater purpose uh than what they just that they understood at that time jesus had a greater purpose for this illness this doesn't mean that Jesus wanted Lazarus to be sick, but Jesus had a bigger purpose there. You see, if Jesus had gone and just healed Lazarus of his sickness, that would have been an amazing thing. But how much bigger would it, have, would it be if Jesus were to bring him back for the dead, from the dead? And this is what he does. And then moving on, we see that Jesus has to go and heal Lazarus or bring Lazarus back. And so uh, Jesus says this basically himself when his disciples are telling him that it's too dangerous to go. But we'll see here in verses 7 through 10. It says, Then after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, Lately the Jews sought to stone you, and you are going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble. 
but because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. And so the disciples are warning Jesus not to go back to Judea. But Jesus is telling them there through what he's saying that he needs to go back there because he is the light of the world, as he has been saying all along. And so the whole world is in darkness. And yes, there is danger there. But Jesus needs to go and be that light. And through going and bringing Lazarus back from the dead, Jesus was going to show that he was the light of the world. Then we see, remember, Jesus says the sickness is not unto death. Well, by the end of this paragraph here, Lazarus is dead. Lazarus is dead. John chapter 11, verses 11 through 14. It says, these things he said, and after that he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death. But they thought that he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And so uh, we see this in Paul's writings as well. When Paul refers to people that have passed away, he refers to them as sleeping. Uh, this is a nice way of saying that someone is dead. But the disciples here misunderstood Jesus when Jesus said that he sleeps and thought that he was taking a rest. And so Jesus has to just basically spell it out for them. And you notice when dealing with this situation here, usually Jesus, when he's teaching, he uses more words and he's, he talks about other things. But with this situation and the gravity of this matter, Jesus just plainly says Lazarus is dead. Because this is, when we're dealing with life and death, this is not something to uh, expound upon. It's not something to make a big, huge lesson about it. This is just someone that was close to them that died. And so Jesus just plainly says it to them. Then it says in verse 15, and this has been a confusing verse for many people. It says in verse 15, it says, And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. So we see that Jesus was glad for their sakes. Now, Jesus uses very specific words here to not misunderstand his meaning. Jesus is not glad that Lazarus died. This was a sad thing that was happening. But Jesus says, I am glad for your sakes that you may believe. So Jesus is saying he's not glad that Lazarus died, but he is glad for them because they are going to get to witness Jesus's power there. And so this is very important for us because when we are going through hard times, the Lord does not take delight in our hard times. But if we learn something through that, then that is a good thing. Then in verse 16. Now, this is a bit of a side note here. 
But doubting Thomas, right? We all know about doubting Thomas. It says, Then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Now, this is an interesting verse. It, it kind of just seems out of place, but Thomas, he's called the twin. Now, that's, that's his nickname. He did not have a twin brother. So that's not why he's called the twin there. He's called the twin because he had two sides to him. Uh, he's called the twin because he had an optimistic side and he had a pessimistic side. This is why he's called Doubting Thomas, right? So he's kind of pessimistic here. And so he's showing his really his lack of faith and he's showing that his extreme pessimism with this. Thomas says to Jesus, let us go that we may die with him. So they were just warning Jesus if they go to Judea, uh, the people were seeking to kill Jesus, right? And so Thomas doesn't, isn't really trusting in the Lord there, but he says, okay, well, we're gonna, I'm going to follow you anyway, and we're going to go and die. Uh, this is Thomas's attitude here. Sometimes the reason why I bring this up is sometimes we can be like this. Sometimes we can be uh, doubting, but still following, but just no good's going to come out of this. Have you ever felt like that? You're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and I'm going to do this for God, but I don't think anything good is going to come out of that. That's a hard thing. And the re so the reason why I bring that up is we've all been Thomas sometimes. But Jesus says one of the famous I am statements here. Uh, he says in the next part of this passage, I am the resurrection and the life. And so we see first Martha comes to Jesus in verses 17 through 22. It says, so when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now remember that four days. So Lazarus had been in the tomb four days. That's going to come up again later. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away, and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And so again, Lazarus had been in the tomb four days. Now I'm not going to expound on that at the moment. I will later. But just remember that. Make a note of that. And then Mary and Martha, when Jesus comes, they are already mourning their brother. Now, it says that they were joined by other Jews there uh, to, that were comforting them. Uh, at the time, there was a practice where they had professional mourners. Uh, they, the Bible also calls these wailing women in some other passages. Uh, these are people who, it's their job to come alongside people and comfort them and mourn with them. And so this is a big group of people uh, that are mourning with Mary and Martha. 
But notice when Martha comes to Jesus and she says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Well, but she still has hope there because she understands who Jesus is. She says, but even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. So Martha still has hope there. So she still knows that Jesus has some power. And we see that Jesus is the resurrection. It says in verse 23 to 26, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, now I know, or sorry, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? You see, Martha is, when Jesus is talking to her about the resurrection, Martha is understanding this as the resurrection at the end times. But Jesus was speaking about eternal life through himself. Then he asked Martha if she believes in him. And so we see in this next verse the faith that Mar Martha has. In verse 27, it says, She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. So Martha believed. Martha had faith. Question to you this morning, do you believe that statement that Christ made? Do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? This next part of this passage shows that Jesus cares about us. Jesus cares about when we are sad. The shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. So we see, you know, Martha has already come to Jesus. Now Mary comes to Jesus weeping. John 11, verses 28 through 32. It says, And when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary her sister, saying, The teacher has come and is calling you. And as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Sorry. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, they followed her, saying, she is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So still focused 
on if Jesus were there, he could have prevented the death. You see, this is what the people were focused on at the time. This is what they believed was possible with Jesus. Jesus was about to show them that he had more power than they thought. So Martha goes out and tells Mary to go to Jesus. Sometimes when we're mourning and sometimes when we have gone through mourning in the past, sometimes we're Martha, right? Sometimes we are the ones that have already found comfort in Christ. Well, what our job then to do is to go and tell other people to go to Christ to find their comfort. Sometimes we're Mary. And we need to be told to go to Christ. And then we go to Christ, right? Sometimes we need, we're in that seeking phase to go and find comfort. Remember, the mourners here, they're still following uh, Mary and Martha. And so there's a group of people here. But notice what Mary does. She goes and she falls at Jesus' feet. When we are hurting... We are to go and fall at Jesus' feet because he's the one that can bring us comfort. Jesus has compassion here. The word compassion means to suffer with. And in these next few verses, we'll see that that's exactly what Jesus is doing. It says in verses 33 to 37, Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then, G then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Again, still focused on preventing death. But again, that word compassion, that means to suffer with. You see, in that first verse here, it says he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. When Mary came to him weeping. He was troubled by this. He didn't like that she was sad. Jesus is definitely suffering with them. It's the same thing in our lives. When we are going through hard times. The Lord doesn't like to see us suffering. But understand that that is part of being in this world. It was apparent to everyone that was present that Jesus loved Lazarus. But all of these people underestimate Jesus' power. Remember, every, all of them, they are focused on, well, Jesus could have prevented that man's death. See, they knew that he opened the eyes of the blind, right? They knew that Jesus had some power. But they it, they, it was not even part of their wildest imagination that Jesus could have even brought him back from the dead. 
But that's exactly what Jesus does. Lazarus is raised. Lazarus was dead four days. Now we're going to talk about this. Verses 38 through 40. It says, Then Jesus again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? And so, again, Jesus was groaning in himself when he came to this. But talking about Lazarus here being dead four days and that stench that had set in. You see, first of all, four days was a, a specific number, right? You had to, if you were not dead for three days or longer, uh, they would not actually consider you dead at that time. Because uh, they, they, that's how they handled comas. Uh, and so they didn't know for sure that someone was dead until they were dead for at least three days. And then at four days was when they believed that corruption set in. And so you might be thinking, well, why are you mentioning this? Well, remember, Jesus, when he resurrected himself, how long was he dead? Three days. So long enough to be making sure that he was dead, but short enough that corruption had not set in with Christ. Jesus was not corrupted when he came when he came back. So with Lazarus, back to this now, Jesus was about to show them the glory of God. It's pretty amazing. See, again, up until this point, all of the other miracles pale in comparison to this act. You see, there is literally no other mythology where they believe that people were come, would come back from the dead like that. Even the Greeks, they believe once you went to Hades, right, there was no way out. They even had myths and stories that they told about how, about how there was no way out, about how Hades himself would prevent you uh, from leaving. So Jesus calling Lazarus out was... At that point, the ultimate show of his power. Something else pretty amazing here. Jesus prays. He prays to the Father. Now, why would Jesus pray to the Father out loud? Because he can always talk to him, right? Well, he does this so that he can show everyone that he is doing these things on behalf of the Father. Verses 41 and 42. It says, Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. 
So Jesus prays out loud here. Now, why is this so important here? Well, remember, the Pharisees were after him. First of all, they were saying that, well, he didn't have really have all of this power. Uh, and then when they couldn't deny that, they were denying where the power came from. And so Jesus is praying out loud here to show everyone that he is sent by God, sent by the Father. So he does this miracle so that people will believe in him, but he prays out loud so that the, that the people will believe that he is sent by the Father. You see, you understand the difference between those two. The miracle is itself is so that people will believe in the power, and then the praying out loud is Jesus declaring that he is doing this on behalf of the Father. So there's no, there's no arguing with this. Then Jesus calls Lazarus out of the tomb. John chapter 11, verses 43 through 44. It says, Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. I heard uh, a preacher talk about this one time, and it's pretty awesome, the power that Jesus has. Uh, we, we don't know this for sure, so this is just... But uh, when Jesus calls Lazarus forth, right, he called him by name. You know, I heard, I heard preacher talking about this. If Jesus had not used Lazarus' name, he believed that everyone would have come forth out of that tomb. That's the power that Christ has. But Jesus calls Lazarus by name to come forth. You see, this is awesome because this isn't Jesus just resurrecting himself. We, we have faith because of that, but also Jesus resurrects someone else. This should give us extra assurance that we are resurrected someday. We have life through Christ. This is a physical representation of the eternal life that we have through Christ. Then it says here that many believed because of this. John chapter 11, verses 45 and 46. So remember, there's the, the, this crowd around them at that time. The, the Jews that were the professional mourners, right? Uh, these were people who had been around death a lot. Uh, remember, this, this was their job. Their, their job was to go and comfort the loved ones of someone who died. And so they knew Lazarus was dead. And they, when they saw this happen, they were amazed. Verse 45, it says, The many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did believed in him. Ultimate show of power there. And then also, verse 46, it says, But some of them, interesting it doesn't say they didn't believe but some of them went away to the pharisees and told them the things jesus did so it doesn't say that they didn't believe that jesus did it but they basically went and tattled on jesus 
That was kind of what they were doing. So it's, I can't fathom that. Sometimes, you know, we, people in this world today can be like that. Sometimes we can see the amazing things that Jesus is doing and go, I see that, but I'm still not going to follow. There's people like that. And that's sad. But in conclusion this morning, as pianist and song leader come, if you take, didn't take away anything else from this, take away this. Jesus brings life. Jesus brings life. Like, like last week, he came to bring life and life more abundantly, right? With this, he proves that. Sometimes we go through hard things. And understand the Lord is not happy about us going through hard things. But we had better learn something through those hard times. That God can use those hard times to better us. To make us stronger. To show his glory to others. Sometimes, you know, I don't know if you've ever been through this. But sometimes when you go through something hard in the past. And then all of a sudden later you'll find yourself in a situation where someone else is going through a similar hard time. Well, you are now in a position where you can comfort them, where you can point them to Jesus to find comfort, like Martha and Mary, right? But if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior this morning, the, uh, I'll tell you this, the only hope that you have of everlasting life is through him. He's the only one that has that power. Turn to him this morning. Be like Lazarus, right? You want to be like Lazarus someday when that resurrection happens where we come out of the grave. We will go to meet him. Also, when Jesus is speaking, he, Jesus is using Lazarus in this situation to talk about eternal life in heaven. You see, we don't want that second death. That's hell. We want to be in heaven with him forever. That's the true eternal life that Jesus brings. We have to turn to him this morning. You have to repent and you have to believe in him. Martha believed, right? Do you believe? Pray to God and tell him that you believe and you repent of your sins. Do that this morning.